This is Dave Doggett, and you're listening to the Maritime Outdoorsman Podcast, episode number four. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Maritime Outdoorsman Podcast. And uh, on today's episode, I'm going to be talking with a NovaScotiaFishing.com member who brought up the topic of geocaching. And um, that's one of those things that I haven't yet taken, as of the time of this uh, podcast recording, uh, haven't yet taken the time to get into or, or learn much about. Um, but it is something that I do plan on uh, experimenting with. So um, I'm going to talk with uh, his, uh, the guy's name is Chris Bauer. And um, Chris is going to bring bring us up to speed on geocaching. And uh, who knows, maybe you'll pick up a new hobby after listening to this episode. Um, before I do get Chris on the line, I just wanted to say uh, a special thanks to everybody who is listening to the podcast series. Um, I do appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to your feedback. Now, you can leave feedback um, directly on the Maritime Outdoorsman website, which is maritimeoutdoorsman.com. Uh, you can leave uh, a comment on an individual episode, or you can just fill out the contact form there. Um, additionally, um, if you want to uh, help out the podcast, um, you can do that if you're an iTunes user. Um, you can rate the show on iTunes, and a good rating will help the show overall. Um, and if you aren't an iTunes user, um, and yet you're you're on Facebook or any other social media, or uh, uh, maybe you just you know you know a lot of people, by all means, if you help spread the word, that is greatly appreciated uh, in any way that you can. And um, so this episode is. 004. So if you want to check the show notes on this particular episode, just go to maritimeoutdoorsman.com slash 004 and uh, you'll see the show notes for this episode, which will include uh, just a brief explanation about the episode as well as some links uh, that were mentioned or relate to the episode. So with that said, um, I'm going to bring uh, Chris Bauer on the line here and uh, we'll have a little chat with him. Thanks. So you, you've been on, you've been a member of NovaScotiaFishing.com for a while now? Um, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know how long now, quite a while, ever okay. since the old site started basically. So yeah, it's been a while. Okay. So, um, how did you, do you remember how you heard about the, uh, the website? Um, I believe it was just through a uh, word of mouth type of thing or uh, okay. a quick Google search, I guess. Yeah. Right and, on. Uh, basically from there, just, yeah. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Um, so you're, uh, you're pretty hardcore into fishing. One could say, I guess just, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about your, your fishing interests and, and background and whatnot. And, uh. And we'll, we'll we'll learn a bit about it, yeah. Oh, sure. Um, started fishing at a very young age. Uh, my father always used to take me trout fishing uh, growing up as a little boy. And, yes. uh, and uh, like most of us did, I guess. And yeah. uh, quickly came addicted to it, I guess, over the years. And uh, basically, uh, since the early 90s, I guess, I got introduced into bass fishing. Started catching some smallmouth bass. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, 
you know, I still fish for trout nowadays, like in the early spring and that, but, uh, in the summer months and that, I really, uh, uh, get into the, uh, bass fishing. I fish, uh, today, nowadays, I uh, fish a lot of the tournaments and stuff, the local tournaments. Okay. And, uh, yeah, basically if it's, if it swims, I like to see if I can catch it. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah. Excellent. That, uh, that kind of explain that kind of describes myself. Um, I've, I've gone through various phases of uh, of angling over the years, but pretty much where I'm at today is I'll, I'll go after anything that swims, and and if it's a a new species, it's even more of a of, of an attraction or a challenge. But so I I had put a a couple feelers out on on the websites to to try and get some input from people on on podcast episodes and subjects and whatnot, and actually you brought up a good one uh geocaching that i hadn't really uh i guess i hadn't considered i mean i i I know what it is but uh originally when i thought up the podcast it was one of those topics that kind of slipped my my mind but um, i'm more than happy to work it in and i think it's probably something that'll come up from time to time so is is geocaching something that you've uh been uh doing for quite some time uh yeah i've been Started it back in uh, January of 2006, so I guess uh, mm-hmm. just a little bit over seven years now I've been doing it. Right. Um, it was just one of those uh, cold, snowy January days where I was cooped up in the house and had nothing to do. And, mm-hmm. and again, did a quick Google search on uh, you know stuff to do with uh, handheld GPS units. I had a handheld GPS for uh, fishing, basically, for, right. for uh, marking waypoints when I'm out on the water and stuff like that. And uh, that's when I discovered uh, geocaching. And uh, basically, it's another hobby or uh, addiction of mine, I guess, uh, that I do when I'm not fishing. Okay. So, um, yeah, actually, I, my, my brother-in-law has, has done some of some geocaching, and he's got uh, an ATV. And uh, so do you, is it something, are you, are you hiking? Are you driving, you know, all over the province or... Um, you know, how, how, what's your typical geocaching experience? Uh, I like to do a lot of hiking and mm-hmm. of course geocaching fit right in with that perfectly. Sure. Um, so yeah, mainly I like to do the, the good hikes where it takes you to some like scenic location that you never knew existed. Right. Um, but also I tend to do all the geocaches. I'm a bit, uh, addicted to it. Some people don't like to do like what we call the park and grabs. Okay. Um, they're like the ones that are located like in your Walmart parking lots. Type oh, okay. I, I, and, uh, I hadn't yeah, heard of that. Yeah. There's geocaches hidden everywhere. Basically. Like I think there's just, uh, almost 2 million of them, uh, hidden all over the world. And, wow. uh, so like I say, they're, they range from anywhere into your Walmart parking lots to, uh, 10 miles or 20 miles in the middle of the woods in the middle of nowhere. Awesome. Everywhere in between. So, uh, I like to do them all. <laughs> okay. It's impossible to ever find them all, of course. But, right. Uh, if a new one uh, gets hidden, uh, I like to go out and find it. Uh, yeah, basically, whether, whether it's on my way to work, I just stop at uh, Tim Hortons. If it's in the Tim Hortons parking lot, I'll grab it before the way to work. Or, or on the weekend, uh, sometimes a group of us will get together and do like uh, group hikes. And uh, we'll hike maybe, you know, anywhere 10, 15 kilometers for a day and could find a dozen of them type of thing. So. Nice, nice. So so uh, how does it how does it work exactly? So uh there's these various sites and so I guess give me an example 
of uh, sure. of you know uh, a couple of the different types. But I gather that you you know you 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 know where the target is on your GPS. You find that location, and once you find it, is there an item that you you pick up, and then you have to leave something in return? Uh, more or less, yeah. Basically, there's uh, the main uh, website is uh, geocaching dot com. Okay. And uh, that's the caching is it's spelled G E O C A C H I N G. Right. It's not caching like C A S H. It would be so anyway. Right. Um, that's the main website, and uh, basically, if you go to www.geocaching.com, you can uh, set up a free account, and uh, from there, you can search for local geocaches in your area. Just as simple as po- po- plugging in your uh, postal code. Okay. And uh, it will show all active geocaches in your area. And uh, find one you want to go find. It has a little description of it, you know, type of thing. It will tell you if it's a mm-hmm. park and grab in a parking lot or if you have to hike okay. middle of the woods somewhere type of thing. Yeah. And uh, they have, like, difficulty and terrain ratings and all that, too. And uh, you plug the coordinates into your uh, GPS device. Uh, could be a mo- mobile phone or a handheld GPS. Mm-hmm. And from there, you use your mobile device to uh, to go find it using those coordinates. Okay. And uh, once you f- get to the location where the GPS says that you're there, um, then you just start looking for it. It could be hidden. Like obviously, if it's hidden in the Walmart parking lot, it's going to be <laughs> cleverly disguised so that uh, people who aren't geocaching don't can't see it. Like, right. So some very clever uh, camo techniques are being used. <laughs> okay. To, to uh, disguise these things, especially when they're in the uh, middle of the city type of thing. Okay. When you're uh, 10 miles back in the woods, it could be a, a really huge like Tupperware style container or an ammo can. Right. Something that's waterproof, obviously. Uh-huh. And uh, once you find the container, um, then there, inside there's always a logbook. Okay. Uh, you're required to sign the logbook. And uh, if you want, you can write a little story about your adventure or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, once you sign it using your geocaching nickname, uh, that proves that you actually found it with your signature in there. Okay. And uh, then when you come back home to your computer, you go back into uh, geocaching.com and you can log your find online. And the website keeps track of how many you found and how many all, everything, all your statistics and everything like that. Interesting. And so there's really just the one main geocaching website worldwide? Uh, no, there's a couple different ones. Okay. Um, the the most popular one is geocaching.com. Okay. Far. I think that has over 5 million uh, users worldwide. Yeah, it'd be pretty hard to compete against that. Yeah, there are some other ones that pop up and then they kind of dwindle off, but they're but there's, you know, they're popular in their own way too, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for the most part your your main one that everybody seems to be using is geocaching.com. Yeah. Okay. So, uh I'm, you know, I, I find the target, I open the container, um, there's a logbook, I can, I can record what I, you know, that I've been there and whatnot. What's the typical, uh, like, what am I, what would I expect to find? Or is it just, it varies so greatly that, um, you know, and what am I expected to leave uh, behind? Um, well, depending on the size of the geocache, because mm-hmm. um, some of these things are really small, like uh, like I said, the ones right in the city, they're very small. 
Okay. So you can't really see them. Then it will just be a piece of paper for you to sign, a log sheet. Okay. But uh, the larger ones could have any number of items. Uh, um, they could be anything from little dollar store items or toys or I've mm-hmm. seen I've seen like hats and T-shirts and all kinds all kinds of stuff. Really? Okay. And uh, those items are for trades. And uh, basically, the rule is if you take something, you leave something. And generally, uh, you, if you take something, you leave something of equal or greater value of what you take. Okay. That way, there's always something in the container for other people when they come and find it, right? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if you know you're going geocaching to, say, you know, several locations on a weekend, how would you, you know, would you just kind of guess? Well, you 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 should probably bring you know uh, three or four things that range in value from a dollar to ten dollars with you, or how how would that kind of work? Um, yeah, you could do that. You could do that. Yeah, a lot of people that geocache with their kids, like right. it's, uh, it's great for the kids. Mm-hmm. They'll bring like uh, the toys from their Happy Meals from right, the right, and a little little things like that, or little little toys from the dollar store or anything like that, and. Yeah. Uh, and I, the kids really love trading the uh, the items that they find. Like, you know, if they they find a particular item that they really want, whether it's a, a dinky car or something, they might take a dinky car, but they might leave uh, their toy that they get or their Happy Meal. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that it sounds fascinating. It sounds like something that my uh, my young son would, would definitely like. I mean, he, he can't keep his hands off my iPhone, and he, you know, when we're driving somewhere, he wants to see – Right. where we're going on the GPS. So I, I would think that it would be something um, that he would definitely be interested in. And, and it, so it's, it's, it can kind of be a family activity on the weekend. Everybody can enjoy and you can kind of pick and choose the targets that you're going to go to. So you don't have to, you know, exhaust your, your family hiking through 10 kilometers of three feet of snow. Uh, you yeah. You can drive around and find other targets. Now, have you ever experienced finding a target at the same time as somebody else? Oh yes, all, all the time. Um, a lot of times, they're uh, when the new geocaches are hidden. They're when they're published onto the website right. geocache.com. Uh, a lot of people have notifications set up, and these notifications will code to your cell phone, and oh, it'll, yeah. it'll alert you as soon as a new one pops up. Sure. And uh, it's more bragging rights than anything else is when a new cache is uh, published to be the first person to find it or the first to find. That's what yeah. they call it. And uh, so, you you know, it could be 10 o'clock at night or <laughs> 2 o'clock in the morning. People's cell phones start buzzing and, and uh, <laughs> quickly load the coordinates into their GPS and out the door they go trying to find it, be the first one to find it. First, yeah. Uh, you know, that's quite common to be looking for it. And all of a sudden you'll see other people start showing up looking for the same thing you are. And that's a great way to meet uh, other geocachers that way. Yeah, That's pretty neat. So, um, is, can, so on these geocaching websites, like when a new site is loaded, can anybody set one up or are there only certain qualified people that are able to do that? No, the, uh, the people that hide the geocaches are geocachers who find them as well. Right, right. Um, yeah, it's basically uh, you just uh, put together a suitable container that's waterproof and uh, put whatever you want into it and a, a logbook, obviously. Yeah. And uh, and uh, it's probably recommended to find a few geocaches first so you get the feel of the yeah. That way you get an idea of what containers work better than others, you know, because some just aren't really waterproof like they, they seem to be. Right. And, uh, you know, it's real 
sometimes there's a bother to always go out and do maintenance on your caches that you uh, have hidden if they're co constantly getting wet. True, true. Uh, so, so yeah, you know, make sure there's pens and pencils in there for people because you know sometimes they forget to bring their own pen with them. Yeah, like that. Um, and uh, yeah, you can just basically find a nice suitable location and uh, hide it and mark it as a waypoint and then you go back to geocaching.com the website and uh, so there's a online form there that you can fill out and uh, there's some guidelines you have to follow of course like it can only be uh, a minimum of 161 meters away from any other geocache so you can't oh, okay so if i have one hidden in the walmart parking lot then there's only going to be the one in that one walmart parking lot right, right. okay you don't want them uh you don't want to be looking for one geocache and stumble upon another one that's not the one you're looking for. Right, right. So I, just, I, yeah. I gather, I gather, probably every Walmart parking lot has have one, has one now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would say there's quite a few that that do. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that's it's that's interesting. Um, so if you do run into somebody that's that's finding uh, or that's already found a target. You just wait till they're done and then, you know, do your thing when they leave? You can do that or you can just kind of um, introduce yourself as another geocacher. And sometimes, right. you know, you know, two sets of eyes are better than one when you're trying to find something that's cleverly camouflaged. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's a great way to meet other people. And uh, it's becoming more and more popular over the years, too. So. Um, I know when I started back in 2006, it was a big secretive thing. Like, you know, you had to, yeah. you, know, you had to be real stealthy, but now it seems like uh, everybody, even people who don't geocache know about geocaching. So they just kind of, you know, if they see you poking around the bushes outside of a, <laughs> a building or something, they'll say, what are you doing? I'll say, I'm geocaching. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. So it's, it's, it's more well known now than what it was. Say, sure. Ago. Sure. Um, so uh yeah that's 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 fascinating. Now like do geocachers have uh groups or clubs like do you, are there regular meetings or is it just kind of a very independent thing? It can be uh an individual thing or a group thing. Uh mm -hmm. that's the great thing about geocaching. It uh it it appeals to such a wide variety of people. Yeah. Um geocachers consist of people who are five years old to up to 85 years old and anywhere in between all different, uh, um, you know, physical levels, you know, that are, you know, it's, uh, there's so many different types of geocaches out there that it, you can choose which ones you want to do. Yeah. Um, like even like there are some that are uh, wheelchair accessible. So if you're oh, okay. handicapped in a wheelchair, you can, you can still be a geocacher, you know, it uh, you just choose the geocaches that you're capable of doing. And, your comfort level, I guess you would say. Awesome. Yeah. It, it sounds like a really uh, fascinating hobby and one I'm definitely going to have to explore a bit. Um, so, uh, well, that, that's fascinating. I, I, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to sort of bring me up to speed on it. And I'm sure many of, of the, the show listeners are going to find that uh, interesting and who knows, maybe there'll be geocachers before long. Oh, I sure hope so. It's a great, uh, it's a great way to get out of the house and, uh, like I say, discover different places that you never knew existed. I know, uh, I know I've walked on many trails, hiking trails and that I never knew existed until I started geocaching. Yeah, uh, that's, that's true. And I mean, you know, for people who may hunt or fish, you know, in the off season, it, 
it would be a, a great thing to do, you know, maybe when you're at the same time scoping out new water or new, uh, new territory. Oh, for sure. Yeah. There's, uh, like I say, there's even geocaches just specifically, uh, designed around fishing, fishing locations type of thing. Like people who go trout fishing will hide geocaches in their favorite trout fishing spots and stuff like that. So okay. yeah, it's, uh, the, the possibilities are endless basically. So awesome. Awesome. Well, again, uh, thanks for taking, uh, you know, 15, 20 minutes out of your life to, uh, to let, to bring us all up to speed on it. And, uh, Hopefully we'll uh, maybe we'll run into you uh, out there at a geocache site. Sounds good, David. All, All right. right, thanks, Chris. Thank you. All okay. right, bye. So again, that was Chris Bauer. Uh, I want to thank Chris for taking the time to speak with us and uh, share his information on geocaching. Um, this is episode zero zero four of the podcast. Again, if you want to. Check the show notes um, for just some general info or links related to the episode. Just go to maritimeoutdoorsman.com slash 004 and uh, you'll find the information there. So thanks for listening again. And uh, until next time, I'm Dave Doggett and thanks for listening to the Maritime Outdoorsman podcast.